But uh, as many of you know, um, we always open every show with an ice cold beer. And uh, tonight we've got a uh, special. This is called the Sam Adams Sweater Weather Variety Pack. And Matt and I have decided because it is Halloween, we're going to try out these Jacko Pumpkin Ales and give them a test drive. Lisa is not drinking this evening. Um, no, we had too, had too much over the vacation. Whenever you go to the beach for vacation, it's always a big deal. Yeah. Well, and it is Halloween. So we gotta get it is Halloween. Cheers, Matt. Cheers to you. We are live, right, Lisa? Um, it's not pulling up on Okay, that's okay. Don't worry about it. As long as it says we're live there, we're good. It's Hey, um, while we're, while we're talking about Halloween, um, I saw today that the, the most famous spaceman that never went to space went to space today. Captain Kirk went to I space saw today. I saw that. And that was absolutely amazing because I think... It was 1961 when uh, a Russian cosmonaut went to space, and then in, also in 61, uh, we had an American in space, but it wasn't until 67 that Star Trek was launched, and Captain Kirk flew, I guess, all over space. All over. Yeah. All over space. So at 90 years old, this guy gets in a, in a rocket and launches his ass into the air. I saw somebody had recolored the picture because they were all in blue uniform. Somebody had recolored it, so he had a yellow uniform on it, and uh, everybody around had red ones. Nice. And underneath, they said, "We know how this ends." <laughs> so, I mean, that's just simply amazing to be ninety years old and live long enough. Where what his fantasy was, he finally got to get into space. Yeah, exactly. That's a strange looking rocket, though. I don't know if that rocket belongs, <laughs> you know, in NASA or on Pornhub. I don't know. But anyway, okay. uh, yes. Hold on. It's just on me. <laughs> All right, well, flip the camera back. It's not working. It should. Double okay. click it. All right. That's okay, everybody. Um, I wanted everyone to get a good uh, look at my beautiful wife, Lisa. Uh, welcome to the show, Lisa. Glad you were uh, on air for so long. It's the first time that you've you been You didn't having... tell me how to double click. Well, you had a lot of exposure there, so there we go. <laughs> Woo! Okay, great beer. Um, could be colder. I like my beer ice cold. Yeah, yeah. We went to uh, Twin Peaks in Altamont Springs. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. And they, they actually have a beer coldness, coldness, is that a word? Meter. <laughs> it's like 28 degrees all their beer. Oh, wow. So, so when you eat a draft beer, there's ice forming in the beer. It's the most amazing Whoa. ice cold beer. Yeah. So uh, my, my nieces work there, so we had, <laughs> we, had, we had fun doing that. So uh, anyway, uh, as everybody knows, we have the same format we use over and over, just a new face to look at. So um, we always like to know, Matt, what, what brought you to South Lake County, and, and where are you originally from? So, um, I, I, if, for those of you that won't be able to see this later, um, I am wearing a Boston Red Sox hat, which... Um, <laughs> I know he's cringing. I'm cringing already. <laughs> you know. So obviously I'm not from New York. Um, no, originally from New Hampshire, um, born and raised there. Um, uh, after graduating from high school, went off to the uh, University of South Dakota for a couple of years where... Really got to experience some uh, much colder winters than what I grew up with. Uh, while I was out there, I decided, hey, um, uh, in order to be successful in school, uh, that's where I realized you have to be uh, in class and actually study. Well, yeah, usually. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So 
Uh, that was where I made the decision. I was going to uh, leave school and uh, join the Army. And uh, I had the intent of doing three years and getting out and finishing my, my three years going back to college. And uh, that was in 1996. Uh, in 2017, I finally decided, all right, I'm done being uh, G.I. Joe and hung up my uniform after 21 years. And um, I'd been offered a position to come down here to work for a, a really huge Mickey Mouse organization with a lot of goofy characters. It's <laughs> uh, another old military world there, isn't it? Yeah, uh, very much so. Uh, so I came down here, uh, got a job working there, um, spent three years with, uh, with Walt Disney Company, uh, and then in uh, October of last year, gosh, it's already been a year, uh, got the news. Hey, role's been eliminated. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, we we moved down here four years ago, uh, my family and I, and uh, we've been loving it ever since. So uh, we're super excited to still be here. Love the area. Uh, and the nice part is there's no cold winters. Uh, no, I think the coldest it gets is, is like what seventy degrees. <laughs> but you, you, I'm surprised, Matt, that you said that that um, you know you you make the, the statement G.I. Joe and Disney said they eliminated your position but doesn't Disney own Toy Story and aren't there army men within the Toy Story world you know and I thought you that know? was my way to stay on board I mean, you could really I stay like, on right, board I mean here. I, you know I can wear green I look good in green I can do that but, uh, but what I did notice is you do not have the kung fu grip that, that some of the G.I. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes that may have been a that, that may have been a breaking problem. point. I had to turn that in when I was in the army. You can't, you can't take that out with you. And, and, you. and you don't have a string behind you such that your wife can pull it and you respond well, in various... Well, it's under the, underneath my shirt, okay. so... And um, you do have a wife. I do. What's your, yeah. what's your wife's name? My wife's name is Kim. Hey, Kim, how are you? We're here with Matt. We're having a good time with Matt, and he'll see you sometime in the next few days. Yeah, possibly. And you got kids? I do. Uh, we got four kids. Oh, golly. Yeah, I've so, got four of those monkeys, too. <laughs> yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, so the oldest is 22. Mm. Just turned 22. We have an 18-year-old, a 10-year-old, and an 8-year-old. Wow. wow. So we a... have a little bit of a spread. Um, the uh, the youngest two, uh, I was assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Helsinki, Finland for three mm -hmm. years. They were both born over there. Oh, okay. Um, wow. So, uh, yeah, we joked that when we went over to Finland, we had... One kid. We came back with three kids. Wow, that's, uh, that's impressive. Now, did they get the dual citizenship? No, no, no unfortunately. Because they're on an American base. Or well, yeah, because yeah, I was on that diplomatic status. Right. And so they said, well, you don't let us do that in America, so you can't do that here in Finland. Gotcha. So they're just they're just plain old American kids then. Yep, but they've got really cool birth certificates. So, <laughs> you know, trade-offs. That is cool. So uh, living here in South Lake, you know, uh, obviously you've been, you, you've been here a while and with Disney. Um, what do you guys do for fun? What do you what, what do you do in town, or or, or get hobbies you enjoy doing? Or? So for hobbies, I'm I'm the chef at home. Um, I am the one. Nice. That, uh, we yeah. can use one of those, can't we? <laughs> Holy crap! Neither of us like to cook a whole lot. No, well, so it, we grill and do very little cooking. Yeah, I mean, I I got my uh, my chops cut on the grill. So, uh, but no, when uh, when my Disney position went to a remote position. I was working from home, uh, it made a huge difference. My wife's like, oh, you're home all the time. You're always making dinner every night. This is awesome. I love it. <laughs> wow. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of been my, uh, my recreational hobby for the most part. Um, and then, you know, just like getting out and exploring the area. I mean, that's one of our biggest things that we've always done wherever we've gone. Mm -hmm. um, and, and thanks to Uncle Sam, we got to go to a lot of places to be able to do that. Um, but then coming down here, it's been great. Uh, there's just 
just a ton to be able to get out and see and do. Um, take the kids out around Lake Louisa. Uh, do you guys do a lot of outdoor family stuff? Do you do any fishing or camping or anything like that? Uh, I haven't done fishing in, uh, it's probably been about 30 years mm-hmm. now, um, at least. Uh, and then camping, I'm, I'm trying to get that, the, the army camping version out of my head so that I can start doing it again. Oh, okay. it's like, yeah, you know, used to being, you know, get up, oh, hey, I got to stand guard for an hour now. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to do that anymore. We tore up the fish, the pinfish. Well, you did. Right? Didn't you fish away this this this, this weekend, <laughs> this week? It was a blast, but our biggest fish was probably like that big. Well, first of all, you always have to exaggerate. So it's got to be three, that's right. three times that size. That, that's how they did it in that, that, uh, that <laughs> movie where he's like, I caught a fish this big. Lisa was like all over the fishing thing. All the, all of a sudden, you know, she, she hopped in the pond. She was like, fish boys. Just <laughs> catching stuff, you know, small fish. But I mean, originally we, 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 we tried with artificial bait, which is artificial. Then my son had this idea, let's use some salami. And they were using salami and mozzarella, string cheese. Nice. And they were catching fish. So you're getting all the Italian fish. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they were Italian fish. Hey, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Finally, I said we're going to get some dang real bait. Okay, real bait. Did Got that. Frozen shrimp and then started catching more, but nothing big. Uh, yeah. But it was fun. It's always fun. Always fun. But, uh. So, um, all four kids are here. Wait, we got one that's 22, so is, is she, she here? She lives in, school, or? yeah, she lives in Louisiana. Okay. Uh, but they, the, the remaining three are here. And, uh, you know, whether they like it or not, that's where they're at. So. <laughs> well, you know. With an 18-year-old, it's always tough to tell because they're, they're, they like to, she likes to hide out in her room, which we've affectionately named the cave. And, oh, uh, my 15-year-old does the same. Oh, perfect. Good. Always yeah. locked in her room there. We don't know what goes on back She'll there. She'll come out to get, get food. Yeah, that's <laughs> forage it. like a cockroach in the middle of the night. Yep, that that sounds about right. That's what we've been dealing with. And for, hiss at you occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Or make weird noises and or dance and then take yeah. off. And, what, and what's funny is she likes to cook. So there was one night, you know, I'm awake in the middle of the night and I smell grilled onions. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And she's cooking some sort of <laughs> pasta dish with. You know, sautéing onions and things like, oh, God. Well, naturally, because that's what you do. So I said, no more cooking in the middle of the night. Yeah. That's how we did that. Oh. So um, you you were in the Army for 21 years, so thank you, of course, for your service. We appreciate it. And luckily, we've been protected here in Claremont from, you know, foreign invaders. Yes, absolutely. So uh, that was another reason I came here. Yeah, yeah, we're always protected here. Um, Now, I understand that, that you've got this great company called Suiting Green. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how Suiting Green started, what's it about, and I'll get into some other uh, details on on, on your company. Sure. So Suiting Green came about uh, early this year um, after I'd been uh, let go from Disney. I said, all right, you know, let's figure out what my next role is. And I was out having breakfast with my neighbor who is a retired Coast Coast Guardsman, and I always give him a hard time because he's just over six feet tall, and my joke has always been, oh, well, that's great. So if your boat sank, you could walk back to shore. <laughs> um, so uh, we were the boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you just row a little faster. Um, so we were we were talking about it, and he was mentioning that he had been working for some companies where they've been trying to hire veterans and thinking that they were going to get people with leadership experience or whatever, and they weren't getting anything. They weren't getting what they were expecting, mm-hmm. and so um, a lot of the times they were just hiring people that had done four years and gotten out. Mm-hmm. So the more we started talking about that, we realized, okay, there's a definite knowledge gap 
and I saw it while I was at, at Disney, but it's also, you know, a lot of corporate America doesn't understand what the military does and what kind of skills and experiences they can bring to your organization. So I came up with the idea. I said, all right, let me see if I can find a way to bridge this knowledge gap. Um, and so I started toying around with the idea. I, I went through uh, an entrepreneurship uh, course through Veterans Florida and uh, that that really helped me take the, the idea that I had sitting in my head and, and flush it out. So I uh, came up with the name Suiting Green based on uh, military we're typically known for wearing green uniforms. Mm-hmm. And so as you make that transition from the military into whatever your next role is, your next chapter in life, typically there's a suit involved. So today we'll suit green and mm-hmm. suiting green. So that's where the name came from. Um, but the whole purpose is to really be out there and work with companies to help them translate that military experience. We kind of, I kind of look at it as being the Rosetta Stone for companies uh, wanting to hire uh, from the military community, whether that's the veteran population or military spouses, uh, and really help them understand what it is that they can uh, benefit from by hiring within that community. So, you know, showing the the benefits of it, such as the, you know, the, the, the tax credits that can come from there, the, the opportunities uh, to uh, what I consider test driving a, a service member, or you know, helping them understand why a, a military spouse may have had three years where they didn't have a job, and but prior to that they were holding these really you know, decent jobs, making good money, and then all of a sudden they have three years of nothing. Mm-hmm. And, being able to explain to an employer that yes, sometimes they are in places where they can't get a job, which my wife experienced when we were in Finland. Mm-hmm. She doesn't speak Finnish, and working at the embassy, they had a very limited amount of jobs that she could do. So if she couldn't get into one of those jobs because there was another spouse in that, she didn't have anything to do. So she was at home. Um, no, 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 no. Could she not work in the Finnish community? Or, or were you? No, because she didn't speak Finnish. Because she didn't speak Finnish, they wouldn't let her work on the economy. They wanted mm-hmm. somebody that could speak Finnish and English. But even like a regular job, like like a like a Starbucks in Finland or anything. So th- so there's no multilingual. Well, in, they I mean most people in Finland spoke English. I mean they would speak Finnish, mm-hmm. Swedish, and English. Mm-hmm. But the, their policies were unless you spoke Finnish as well as English. You couldn't work in one of their oh, okay. their businesses, and Starbucks that. didn't actually come into country until the end of twenty twelve. Right. Well, I'm asking an example. Well, but, yeah, but or, no, but I mean or, that's yeah, that was a that was a thing. We thought, okay, well, Starbucks is coming into country, maybe you can work there. And then, nope. Well, still okay. same policy. So um, even McDonald's wouldn't wouldn't hire. So she's like, okay, guess yeah. I'm uh, hanging out at the house and uh, working on a, a a degree in graphic design or something. So yeah, well, I I, I get that. Um, I, I guess veterans have their own challenges coming into the workforce, although I, I would probably bet 100% that they'll be the most prompt, prompt person you can hire. They'll be on time all the time. Yeah. Um, but, but it seems to me that, uh, you know, talk to us about the challenges of, of the, the veterans, but I think more importantly, the, the spouses, because they are they're supporting their, their, their husbands who, who are working, and maybe they have children. And I think that they probably have a harder time integrating into where they are uh, unless there's a big community of spouses where you're at. 
Yeah, so they actually, the, the military spouse has a really tough challenge as they move around from place to place because sometimes they may go to a location where it's hard to find a job commensurate with their, their education mm -hmm. and the background. So sometimes they'll end up taking entry-level positions, paying minimum wage, while they may have an MBA and, wow. or you know, way overqualified positions, but mm -hmm. because they can't find those jobs, uh, that's what they end up doing. And then having to explain to employers, you know, hey, I've had to move around all these different places. That's why I have this job here, this job here, and this job here. Um, you know, maybe they were only for a year and a half or three years. Because typically, every three years, for most people in the military, that's when they move. Mm -hmm. Me, it was more like every year and a half. So it would have made it even harder for my wife. Um, but there's no resources either on the installations for military spouse to help find a job and when a service member gets ready to leave the military they have to go through a transition program but they're the only ones that go through that spouse oh okay through. so that's another challenge that they face and uh, a lot of times um, explaining to companies how to interview a military spouse because there have been times where they will ask a spouse well what does your husband do why? Yeah, what difference does that exactly. make? Exactly. Is, sure. is, is the husband coming to, you know, the spouse coming to work for you? No, I'm the one interviewing you. Right. So, um, helping them understand that that's not an appropriate question to ask. You know, and why would you even ask about their marital status? It's not a, you know, a valid question. So helping them understand that there are certain things that they shouldn't be really asking of these people during interviews and so that they better understand some of the challenges that they these people have had to face, spouses have had to face as they go through those uh, careers with their military uh, spouse. So, so suiting green helps to bridge that gap between, well, during the transition period, but also beyond that. Right. So, so you can explain to the potential employer the, these are the type of, of questions that you want to consider. These are these are the type of things that your military spouses encounter in, you know, uh, lack of, lack of. Uh, job history or inconsistent job history right. or, and you're able to bridge that gap so that the employer or the human resources person has a better understanding of the type of person that they're getting. Right, yeah, exactly. Because we don't want them to go in there and be like, oh, well, you've only worked these, you know, entry-level positions. Maybe you were working at a fast food place for two years or, you know, a, a retail chain for a year as a cashier. But, you know, you have experience and you have a degree in marketing or whatever. Mm -hmm. Why haven't you been doing that? I've been moving around. I've lived in Alaska. I've lived in Florida. I've lived in you know Massachusetts or wherever, and I haven't been able to take advantage of that. And so, um, also trying to work with these companies to help them understand that, hey, if you have remote positions, now you can actually hire these spouses, mm -hmm. and they can work for you wherever they are in the world, um, because there are status of forces agreements that allow somebody who's a military spouse in, say, South Korea to work for a company here in Claremont, Florida, mm -hmm. if it's a remote position. Mm -hmm. And it costs the company nothing to do that. It's like an hour's, the regular amount of paperwork that it would take for them to hire you or me. Whatever training involved, and then, and then yeah. off they go. Well, yeah, so, yeah, just helping them understand that, and it can make a huge difference for the companies and for that, that family as they're moving around all over the place now. That, that spouse can have a stable job that they can take wherever they are in the world. And the service member is less stressed out because 
now they know that, hey, my better half is happy, they've got a, a decent job that can be a career for them, and they're not stressed out every time we go somewhere new. So, besides good public relations uh, tool, a, a good public relations tool, how does a, a business benefit from hiring um, the military? So, right, and that's a that's a huge question that I, I've gotten before is, you know, all right, cool, we hired veterans, we hired military, we checked that box, and a lot of times what happens is they check that box and we don't ask for where they work, you know, they're janitors or they're security or whatever because we don't know what to do with them. So um, they can benefit by using the, the skills and experience that service members bring into their organization. And a lot of that comes from if you, if I were to look at a veteran resume and say, all right, hey, you did, tw- 20 years in the military, whatever branch it was. I know that that veteran has leadership experience. They've been a project manager at some point. They may not have the, the certifications that are a lot of places, but mm-hmm. they've sure. done it. They've been a team leader. They've, they've done training and development. So these are things that I already know this company is going to be able to take advantage of. Then there are the financial benefits to them because there's the work opportunity tax credit, which companies can t- use if they hire a veteran. And, and we'll, Congress is working on making that also include the spouses as well, but currently it's the, the veterans, so they hire them. As soon as that individual is hired, all their stuff goes through that they've checked. Yep, I, you know, veteran, um, if they had anything else, maybe they took advantage of the SNAP program or whatever they're calling it nowadays, what used to be the food stamps and stuff. Mm-hmm. So those things can all be counted. Um, the employer now gets that information. They don't get the name, but they know, hey, there's we have X amount of people that check these boxes. And then after they work, that person works for the company for, uh, I believe it's 400 hours, that information goes to the IRS. The IRS comes back and says, all right, cool. You had this, you know, Joe Snuffy worked for you for 400 hours. They're, they meet these qualifications. Now you're going to get a tax credit of up to $9,600. I can't think of a company that's going to turn away ninety six hundred dollars in tax credits. Sure, especially a company where you can hire a lot of a yeah. lot of veterans. And, yeah, and that's spouses. Yeah, and those thing and those those tax credits can you know be added onto. So it could be you know easily ninety six hundred dollars, but it could be also twelve thousand mm-hmm. dollars that they're getting back. Uh-huh. So I mean, it's a huge tax benefit for them. And then there's also a program uh, through the Department of Defense called the SkillBridge program, where a company can I call it a test drive. Everybody, when you go buy a car, you don't want to just, hey, yep, I'm taking that and I'm, I'm going out to, you know, that's mine. Want to get in, test drive it, see how it works, see if it fits, if it's a, you know, if it, you know it's the right fit for you. Mm-hmm. The SkillBridge program allows a company to do that with a service member. So uh, if I'm six months out from leaving the military, I can get into a SkillBridge program and go work for a partner company in there. Now I'm working at this company. I'm getting familiar with culture outside of the military. Now I get to understand civilian language because I've had a, a culture that is completely foreign to a lot of people in a different language. Um, I get to understand that. I get to see, okay, yeah, this is this is what it's like. It's not going to be a huge culture shock when I hang up my uniform for the last time. The company benefits because they get to see if this person, if I'm a good fit for them, if I meet their culture, if I have the skills that I say I have and they get to train me and it doesn't cost them anything. 
right? Because Uncle Sam is still paying for my salary, taking care of all my benefits and everything else. So it costs the company absolutely nothing to hire me under this program. They get essentially six months of free labor. Um, but at the end of that six month program, they have the option to say, yes, absolutely. We liked what Matt did for us. We think he's a great fit for our company. We want to offer him a position. Now I've got a job that I don't have to go searching all over for once I hang up my uniform. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive, you know, yeah. that, that a company will, you know, bring somebody on. And, and it's great for them too. I mean, to, to train somebody, you know, in, in, in your method and you've got them for up to six months to, to learn or burn, really. Right. Now, um, your company, you offer workshops as well. So, so what do these workshops entail and uh, for the veterans, for the uh, spouses? So the workshops I offer um, offer the ones for the companies to help them really kind of understand what the military is like, kind of give them a, you know, a once over the world on what it means to be in the military. They talk about the language, the culture, the values that uh, you know, service members and spouses are gonna bring into their company. And so that's one of the workshops that I offer. The other one I offer for the, the transition service member that may be having a tough time trying to figure out what their next steps are gonna be. Um, help them kind of set them up for success in that regard where uh, I talk about, you know, hey, what do your finances look like? How, how prepared are you to make this leap out of the military? Um, do you know what it is that you wanna be doing afterwards? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it used to be the question was, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? We get, which, I mean, we I'm all still are, trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Exactly. You know, so so. Um, I, I've taken that question off the table, but now I ask the question, well, what problems do you want to solve? Mm-hmm. And that tends to get a better answer from from everybody because then I'll say, okay, well, I want to solve these kind of problems. Great. Because I know when I left the Army, it was like, all right, well, what do we want to do? Well, I want to go into organizational management or, um, you know, training and development. I didn't have an idea. I didn't, I didn't know what problems I wanted to solve, and so I just jumped into whatever it was that was available. When I founded Suiting Green, it was, okay, I know what the problem is that I want to solve. Now I'm gonna go out and try to make it happen. Um, so the, the transition course, and then the same thing for the spouses to help prepare them for that, that leap out of the Army or out of the military community and into you know, whatever's next for them so that they are able to say, yep, cool, I can explain why there are gaps. I can, you know, tell an employer, hey, sure, I may have had these kind of jobs for these gaps, but I've also been doing all this other stuff on top of that, mm-hmm. that you're not going to get from anybody else. And I've been outside of the world. I know how to navigate all these places and really I'm a huge asset to your organization. Lisa, you got questions? Um, I'm sure we'll get to it later as far as how we can find him. Well, we can ask him right now. <laughs> All right. How can people find you? So um, I am on the infamous LinkedIn. I'm all over LinkedIn. Um, I'm at uh, Matt.F-Wood Matt on LinkedIn. And then uh, as a company, it is Suiting Green on LinkedIn. Uh, there is a website that is currently being revised, but it is SuitingGreen.com. And then I can be reached by email at mwood at suitinggreen.com. So they can reach you really anywhere. They can probably even oh, yeah. walk, knock on your door at the house and say, <laughs> yeah, hey, man, I, mean, I got, a, got a problem that I need to solve. 
I'm all over the interwebs. Uh, I'm even on Twitter. So I mean, if you can if you can find me on Twitter, I'm I'm there. Um, <laughs> I got to reactivate uh, you know an account that I had. But yeah, that's, I'm I've only tweeted at. once, and I was like, this is ridiculous. I never have. You know why? Because I'm just not that important enough. Nobody really gives a rat's ass what I got to say. No, nobody really does a lot with me, but I figure if I'm out there, I can at least get some people out there, uh, get their attention. And then um, I do try to be pretty consistent with whatever I put out on LinkedIn. I try to bring it over to Facebook as well because I looked at it and said, well, LinkedIn during the day is where I'm going to catch all the business people. Yep. At the end of the day, they're going home. They're and, on Facebook. Yeah, and they're our age. And they're, they're like, yeah, we're going to be, you know, how do you communicate with your family that's everywhere else? Facebook. So... Uh, hit them up on Facebook and get them interested that way. Nice. Uh, what did you do in the military? What did you, what did you do in the army? What, what was your position? Or? So I was I was an army infantryman. Okay. Uh, for for basically the, my entire career, um, I was an enlisted guy. Uh, I retired as a sergeant first class, uh, and my last duty assignment, uh, which really surprises everybody, I was a senior drill sergeant. Really? Oh. So yeah, I was one of those guys with the big smoky bear hats. Like, I'm gonna you know, do push-ups. <laughs> see, He's see. a man everybody hated. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> see, I, I I wouldn't have guessed that. Now, Lisa and I have a dear friend, JJ Pyle, and he was a drill sergeant. I I think he left the, the Marines. Now that uh, I can see. First sergeant, and he has the look, the voice. And, yeah. you know, he, like a drill sergeant. And he's just a big teddy bear. But yeah. You see him, well, we don't, want, just... we don't want to say that he's a Marine. <laughs> he's a Marine. So, you know. Okay, well. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, and that my wife gets out all the time because she was a Marine for four years. Oh, so. was she? Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. And everybody sees me like, no, because she's got green in her hair. She's, you know, just real petite. No. No. Yep. She was a Marine. <laughs> she was a Marine. Wow. Badass. Yep. <laughs> but see, I tell everybody she married up because she married the Army. Well. There you go. There's always that going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, Student Green definitely seems like a, a, a great organization. Seems like you, you guys have really pinpointed a need in the business community and a great way to bridge the gap between service and being out there in, in the world of work. Yes. I guess. <laughs> in, Whatever in the outside. The workforce. Yeah. On the outside. Yeah, the outside. Yeah, I mean, because I would think that there are so many different things that you do in the military on a, on a regular basis, whether you're transporting ammunitions or you're doing this or the, or that. I mean, it's always something, and there's always cooks as well. So right. that, that's when you said you were a chef. I was like, oh, maybe you're a cook in the army. No, no. I think so, my grandpa was a cook. In the was army. he a cook? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be a, a, a tough job back then. Oh, well, yeah. Well, even now, it's, I mean, well, not so much now. Now a lot of it's contracted. Right. In the, in the dining facilities. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, you know, there's so many skills. Everything that, that I did in the Army, whether it was falling out of airplanes or, you know, putting on a, a 50-pound pack and walking for 12 miles, you know, just things that I didn't think about at the time uh, when I was getting ready to get out. I was an infantry guy. I know how to fall out of airplanes, <laughs> walk a long distance, and shoot guns. Where am I going to find a job that allows me to do that on the outside? Um, Holy <laughs> Yeah, right. exactly. So um, uh, I, I managed to have a really good uh, resource network that said, hey, you are, you're more than that. You are team leader, you're project manager, manager and really helped me pull all those soft skills that I wasn't aware of out of what I had sure. done. And so 
that's what I try to do for the, the service members is they're making that transition. Say, all right, you, you are more than just this title or this mm-hmm. rank. You are actually a whole lot more than that. And then the other piece is trying to help some of those career service members get over or get beyond the fact that, cool, you were a, a colonel or whatever. Most people in the outside world, they know privates and they know generals. They have no idea what any of the other stuff is unless right. they're familiar with somebody in the military. And even then, it's hard to say. I mean, my dad, you know, he for 21 years, okay, cool, yeah, you're this rank. What does that mean? Well, that, that means this and this and this. These are my responsibilities. I'm in charge of, you know, 40 people or 240 people or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So helping those those service members get beyond that and understand that, cool, you may have been a, a full bird colonel in, in the Marine Corps or the Air Force or whatever. Now you're Bob from Detroit. Right. And it's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. So people don't just stand up and, you know, come to attention when I walk into a room. No. No, no that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, you know, not unless you're a colonel that retires and you live in Kentucky and open up a, a fried chicken. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think he was a real colonel. No, no. But uh, Colonel Sanders. But yeah, because, you know, and, and you're right, Pete, because many of us have, have grown up with Gomer Pyle, with there was a private. Yeah. Or, or, you know, watching Elkins Island where there was a captain and a first mate. Or, 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 like we said earlier, Star Trek. Yeah. You know, where you had a captain, a first officer, a lieutenant, a communications guy, all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, but, and then, you know, the, the stereotypes that Hollywood has perpetuated, where it's, you know, especially nowadays, where the movies come out and you see, okay, hey, we've got a, you know, they were a veteran. They were in Iraq or Afghanistan. They come home and they've got, you know, these issues like, oh, somebody kidnapped their kid and now they've got to go out and they're, they're on this vendetta where they've got a certain skill set mm-hmm. that they can right. do or whatever. And That's where their skill sets get used. Yeah, exactly. In, in so, making movies. Yeah, and, and so Hollywood, you know, portrays that, and then they also have that, well, they every veteran is coming out, and they've got PTSD, and it's all super violent PTSD. So, you know, we hear, a, you know, a pin drop in a quiet room, and all of a sudden we snap, and we're in combat. And it's, you know, it's not like that. I mean, you know, well, unless you've been in, in, in combat for, for month after month, year after year, you know, but otherwise, you know, I yeah. think a lot of military hasn't even seen combat. Yeah, I mean, and, I mean, and, for the most part. And that's it. I mean, you know, the I know people that have deployed into combat zones that never lift their base. They spent their entire 12 months or nine months or whatever it was on one location. They would get out of bed, they'd go do their job, they'd come back, they'd get lunch, they'd go to the gym, watch a movie, um, get on the internet, a lot like they do back here in the States. And that was their the extent of their deployments. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, not everybody was in, in a combat situation. Not everybody was in a job that involved them being outside of the, the wire in whatever country it was and you know having to determine whether or not the person looking at you might actually try and blow you up. Um, you know, not everybody gets their vehicles almost blown up. Which, right. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so, so infantrymen, so you know, handle guns and rifles and stuff. So, have have you ever shot um, handguns competitively? I have not. Okay. Um, because I've I've shot handguns competitively for a few years in, in what's called IDPA. Okay. Which is the International Defensive Pistol Association, and um, what we do is is we are trained to shoot. Uh, handle a concealed weapon, right? In various scenarios, you know where where you 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 are. You're at your grill, for example. You're at your grill grilling, and 
you know, you know, six thugs come into your house and you have to go navigate and grab your gun and load it and shoot. And, uh, you know, so we shoot moving objects, you know, basically from, you know, from, from the hip or, or, or wherever we normally carry. And you're, and you're drawing your, your, your loading and, and going on, on the fly, dropping mags and, and doing all that. And it's pretty uh, cool to watch. It's really cool. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've shot from a boat, a trunk of a car, uh, Jeeps, um, jet ski we shot from, I mean, all these different things. Um, shot once handcuffed. You, you, you know, and, and the scenario, you know, thugs broke into your house and they handcuffed you. So, so now on uh, the sound of the buzzer, you've got to grab your gun from a, like a, a box and load your magazine and then shoot handcuffed. You go through this course and, and it's really, it's an adrenaline pump. Oh yeah. And there's you different know. teams and everything's timed. And yeah, every, everything's based cool. on time and, and accuracy. So um, I, what was amazing was we would have guys shoot, you know, we have kids shoot 12, 13, whatever. And we'd have guys, ex-military that were like in their eighties. And these guys were as slow as shit, but as deadly accurate yeah. as 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 you'd not want to come <laughs> come in contact <laughs> yeah. with, and it, and it's just so impressive. But it's also, you know, um, I'm a gun guy. I like concealed weapons. Um, I'm not a concealed weapons fan in Florida because it's hot. You know, I'd rather be do open carry. But you know, doing things like that or or or, or USPSA or, or stuff like that. I think anybody that's going to carry a gun needs to go play those games. Oh, absolutely. And to be able to to draw, shoot under pressure, understand your gun. And, you know, there are times where, where, you're, where you're shooting and then your gun jams, you know, or one stage um, they'll they'll grab your mag and, and, and put a slug in it to right. cause your gun to yep. jam. you got to unjam it and, and fire along. So it's really... If, you, if you're handling guns, I mean, it's, it's a great thing. And, then, and for a guy that's infantry, it's like, it's super cool. It's cause stuff moves and comes at you. Oh, yeah. And drop downs and stuff that comes up for a second and you have to hit it it's twice. Called, um, and it's at the Eustis Gun Club. Eustis Gun Club uh, has it. And anybody can go. And it's like 10 bucks. Oh, wow. It's 10 bucks for the day. Um, you bring your own gun. They have a list of, of, of all the different types of guns because every gun has its own classification. Right. You can shoot revolver division or... or um, service pistol or enhanced service pistol. A lot of guys now shoot, uh, well, I, I started shooting at two. Uh, the red dot? Red dot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which I can't find a damn red dot. Yeah. <laughs> so $300 later, my red dot sits in the box and my other shoot one. But anyway, uh, that's that's my story on on guns. Um, part of the show that we do is, is called This or That. Nice. So uh, I'm, I'm gonna throw some of this or that at you and you're gonna uh, give us some answers, and, and again, it gives the listeners an opportunity to know who you are, and maybe around the holidays they would know what to get. So, <laughs> so uh, excellent, yeah. So uh, this or that, uh, Red Sox or Yankees? Oh gosh, um, let me see who, who who's going into the championship. This oh, interview is now over. Oh. over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, Outback or Texas Roadhouse? Uh, let's see. Ooh, um. I guess I, I guess I go to Texas Roadhouse only because I can't think of it. anybody that from the Outback chain that's actually from Australia. So right, <laughs> no, probably not. And you can't beat those rolls. No, I'm a Roadhouse true. guy, and and yeah. let's see, but you go like Outback also. I'm not really Outback fan. I like both. You like yeah. both. It depends on what I'm in the mood for. Well, and then I've, I've worked with Australians before, and they think <laughs> Outback is garbage. So I was like, yeah, okay, sure. even more reason not to. It's like him; he's Italian. He hates. 
Yeah, the well, OG. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, mean Karaba is pushing the issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's just how it is. Uh, well, I guess in the Outback, if I have kangaroo, they eat or stuff like that, or, or <laughs> yeah. uh, armadillo, whatever the hell's out there. Um, beer it doesn't or eat you first. Beer or wine, obviously, it, it would be beer. I'm a beer guy, yeah. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Doritos or Cheetos? Oh, uh, I'll go with the Doritos. See, I like the Doritos sometimes, but mm-hmm. lately I've been in this Cheetos thing. I found these jalapeno Cheetos. Those are oh, good. Oh, I, I love it. Yeah, those are real <laughs> good. <laughs> Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin Donuts. I mean, I, I grew I'm up a Dunkin' guy too. Yeah, growing up in New Hampshire, that's that was the thing. Is you you know you go to get Dunkin' and yeah. um, there was a, a a commercial years ago. The best way to drink a Starbucks coffee is to Take the Starbucks cup, pour it out, and then fill it with Dunkin'. My mom says it's too strong. She likes Dunkin' too. Yeah, I for some reason I found that it tastes very burned. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'd rather go with something that's not that tasty. It reminds me of finished coffee. Finished right. coffee is typically very burned. Yeah, I don't like burnt coffee. I'm very mild. I don't like, like coffee at all. Hazelnut coffee with my creamer and all that crap in it. Um, Halloween candy corn or chocolate? Oh. Ooh. Uh, that's a tough one because it depends on the chocolate. But I am I'm a I'm a candy corn fan. Always been a candy corn fan. Yeah, I like candy corn too. I like but, but but I was reading um, some of the ingredients are like bug guts or something. Or, what? Yeah, because and, and, and it's something that, that no 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 <laughs> seriously it, it's it's something that bugs ex, excrete, excrete and it's also the same thing that they use to coat um, pills. Okay. To to, to, to give it that shiny smooth. Well, I mean, they honey is one of the main ingredients that well, comes from. Let's go with that, Matt. Yes, <laughs> honey is the main ingredient of candy corn. You can't beat it. Uh, probably a lot of corn syrup. Chocolate or vanilla? Uh, chocolate. Perks or bonuses? Uh, depends. Uh, the bonuses can be nice. Right. Um, but, you know, you could always end up with a Clark Griswold bonus and get the jelly in my So, it's... That's a... You know, it could go either way on that one. All right. And uh, if Kim is listening, foot massage or back massage? Uh, I'm a I'm a big back fan. Big Just, back fan? Yeah, my, my back's been, yeah. you know, hosed up for years. Join so club. Yeah. <laughs> Join yeah, a still freaking club. club. As I'm rubbing my shoulder. Every yeah. day I have a new injury. I yeah. gotta see Dr. Vaughn and get some... I'm, I'm going to do acupuncture because I got my elbow problem. It was an ankle problem, it became an elbow problem, and my back's always a problem. So it's just, uh, just, just that uh, the way it is. Um, the other thing I like to talk about on the show is music. Is, um, almost every single guest likes like music. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we had one guest that, that did not like music at all. The aliens? You know what? I'm not mentioning any names. <laughs> but, but Lisa, Lisa could not contain herself. And I don't know what you said. I may have said, "What is wrong with you?" <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> and then be, I'm like, "I probably shouldn't." Be, 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 because they're simple <laughs> questions. I, I yeah. mean, I mean, Matt. The first question we ask is, "What's the first concert you went to?" First concert I went to uh, would have been the Lemonheads. Um, they were playing at Plymouth State College in New Hampshire, and we went down there and, and saw them play. I don't even know who that is. Uh, would, they did, uh, would you know a song? Do you want to sing a little? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, they did a cover of Mrs. Robinson. Oh, okay. I think um, I've probably heard it then. I've heard the rock version. Is that? Is yeah. That yeah. That's yeah. Lemonhead. There you go. Okay. I've heard that. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. Yep. So they were, and they're a, a Boston based band. So just it was easy for them to be coming up to Plymouth State. And I saw them when I was a junior in high school. Well, the, the only true, well, there are. 
great Boston-based bands, but the one Boston-based band's lead singer's from Duke. You're talking about Steven Tyler? Steven Tyler. Yeah. yeah. I actually, I ran into Steven Tyler in the Nashville airport. I think he was coming off to do an episode of, like, The Voice or something, and I was leaving to go and catch another plane as he was coming in. Mm. And I'm like, that guy, oh, yeah, that's, hey, you, Steven, how you doing? He looks like my grandmother, you know, in drag or something. Yeah, it, that's exactly <laughs> it. And, you know, so it was, it was one of those weird passing in the, in the night mm-hmm. kind of things. Did he say hi back? No, I, and I, I was surprised because I had a, a, I actually had a Red Sox jacket on at the time, and as I was walking past him in Nashville, which... It's kind of odd, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Aerosmith and of course the band Boston. So uh-huh. Boston, I, I would guess. So yeah, well, and I mean, but just think about it, that's that's that kind of era where you had bands named for places. You had yeah, Boston, sure. Chicago, Kansas, 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 Kansas is still playing. Yeah, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. First album you bought? Uh, uh, let's see. First album I bought would have been either. Um, Anthrax or the Mighty Mighty Bostons. Wow, that's a kind of a spread, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, you know. And Anthrax was along the lines of Megadeth and, yep. and yeah. all yeah. of that. Speed metal. Speed metal. Where I think I have a nervous ticking after listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that goes. <laughs> the, the other musical question that I always, always like to ask our guests is, um, um, you get a phone call from this band's manager. Okay. And he's like, Matt, we know you're the perfect fit for this band. You have all the skills that, that, that we need. You can sing, you can dance, you can do all of these things. The only issue we have, Matt, is that you have to come up with your stage name. Okay. And the band you're joining, Spice Girls. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, so you have to come see. up with a new Spice name. They can't oh, be one wow. of theirs. So, right. He was Snorri Spice. Snor- <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. Um, Somebody on the show said, like, Slutty Spice or something. Spice. <laughs> that, that may have been Mandy. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> Why Mandy? I think it was. Man. Uh, well, I guess I'd probably pull from my background. I'd be Camo Spice. Oh, there uh, you go. That's a great I'm, one. I'm the one you don't see. <laughs> Matt, it's my show, not yours. <laughs> we'll give Matt, we'll give Matt some applause for that one. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. We did not give him this question. <laughs> All right. Uh, final two questions, Matt. If you could turn back time, take off the clapping. Oh yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe his statement maybe worth a clap or two. <laughs> so now, so I get to be shared now. <laughs> if you could turn back time and talk to your eighteen-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Uh, tell myself. I would actually <laughs> probably tell myself to, um, so when I was, it was 2005, I was at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. I'd just come back from the selection course for Special Forces. And I, I had had it in my mind I was going to go be a Green Beret. Didn't work out that way, but it, that's that was my plan. And uh, my battalion command sergeant major, senior enlisted guy for my my organization of you know, 2,500 of us came down and said, hey, man, I will send you right now to ranger school. You don't have to do any you know, prerequisites or whatever. You just came back from a 21-day suck fest. You're going to ranger school right now. And I turned him down. Wow. So I, I kicked myself for that because it was a great opportunity. And you know, I think in, I just, I was thinking, okay, you know, if I go down there and something happens and I get hurt, that impacts my chances. Qualification course I was slotted to go to, but and my advice at that point would have been, yeah, go to Ranger School, 
and then come back and, and finish selection course. Wow. If I could have done it all over, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be with where I am or with who I or with who I'm with. So. Oh, no, that's good answer. Yeah. I guess that's a I guess that's an okay answer. And that's the same thing that would happen. Yeah, before. I would. I probably would have been, you know, career special forces guy, and never would have. No seen family, no kids. kids. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you sacrifice. Um, final question: um, If if you could put anything you want on a billboard for people to see, what would you want them to see, or what would you want to say? Anything on a billboard. Um, like you have a quote or a credo or something that that. Yeah. So, I would say. That's a, I mean, that's a really good question, and, mm. and uh, you know, I've thought about things like that before. So it's, um, I would probably say either just live, live the life the way you want to do it. Don't let it be dictated by somebody else. There you go. Live your live your own life. Live your own reality. I guess. Yeah, yeah I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's been a great show, Matt. I'd like to thank you for coming on. Why don't you let our audience know where again they can reach out to you for for um, Suiting Green? Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at suitinggreen.com uh, on LinkedIn at Matt-F-Wood or Suiting Green on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, in a, very, a couple of different places. Um, but yeah, you know, email. You said Facebook too? I, I am on Facebook. Um, or you can email me at mwood at suitinggreen.com. Or you can always reach out at, uh, you know, 352-432-8883. Um, I'm, I'm all over the place, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy to get a, get a hold of. Well, there you go. Or, or you can visit him at 123 Main Street where he lives and drop off one of those things that he likes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody, thanks again for, for enjoying our episode one, season two. We'll see you in another week with another special guest. And Lisa should show up, hopefully, you know, depending on what she's got going on. She has some big announcements coming on in a show or two. We'll cover her. Lisa, thanks for uh, manning the, or, or womanning the, the um, station over there. No problem. All right. Good night, everybody. Love you. We'll see you next time on Tiki.